<laughs> Yo, what is up? What's up? What's up, everybody? It is your man. I do a barber and I'm back with another Beyond the Chair podcast. It's Wednesday. I'm live and we're about to discuss any and everything bothering. So in the comments below, drop some comments for me. Uh, for Shout out to everyone. Let me, let me get some shout outs. Got to give some shout outs to the people that listen out on the podcast and platforms. If you're listening to this while you're driving, working, showering, shitting, whatever, wherever you're listening to this from, shout out to you because I know I got a lot of different listeners that listen from not only the U.S. It's crazy. I got people that listened overseas. So all of my people overseas, shout out massive shout out to you because I know the barbering, the barbering world is, is a lot different overseas uh, versus here in America. Like, man, here in America, boy, it, it is quite crazy compared to a lot of other countries, especially like smaller companies or countries. Boy, we can make so much money over here. It's just crazy. But shout out to everyone. And for all the podcast and listeners uh, probably won't even recognize this, but I'm sure some of the YouTube viewers are like, damn, you're not even, we can't see your face. You're not on the on, in front of the camera. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I just left my lights downstairs. And by the time I realized it, I was like, yeah, I don't have the time to go down, grab these lights, hook these lights up and blah, 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 you know, hook up the camera and all that. So I, I figured and I said to myself, let's just rock and roll this way. But we got a lot of important stuff to talk about. You know, the number one mistake that barbers make. <clears throat> now, of course, you know, you look, if you tune into the podcast, you know how this goes. You got to be interactive with the podcast. You got to be typing some comments. You got to be chatting it up in the comment section. Okay. So this makes for a better podcast. This makes for a better topic of discussion because of course I get to answer your questions, things like this, you know, we get to chitty chat, chat, chat. So, and don't forget to smash the like button. If you're in the building, if you enjoy the content, yadi, yadi, yada. So of course the title of the, uh, of the podcast, you know, number one mistake barbers make, we're going to get to that in a second, but let me explain. Let me, let me do a little bit of build up. Shout out to Jamal Burkett. Shout out to everyone else that wants to be a silent listener. You know, of course, drop where you're watching from. Drop your city, state, continent, country, zip code, area code, all that stuff. Drop it in the comments below. But the number one thing um, when it comes to a lot of the things that I talk about, I don't I, – it's very rare that you hear me hear me say something that's not broad. A lot of the things that I talk about, are broad, which means it reaches out to a lot of different people. It, it doesn't just apply to one person. This applies to a lot of different people. So that, that's what I like to do here in the podcast, just because I don't think that things are so narrow-minded. But here's one uh, one funny thing, especially with this number one mistake barbers make. This applies to more than barbers. This applies to everyone everyone so this is actually a good podcast just for anyone to listen to so if you want to share it to, with anyone that you know you know share it with them you know maybe they'll learn something maybe they'll be maybe this is just the kick in the ass that they need uh because sometimes this is what happens you know like you just need that kick in the ass um you may have heard it over and over and over but maybe you just neglected it enough you know and you're just like ah you know all right next time cool i'll do it tomorrow but you're the master you got the phd in procrastination and you're just like, ah, I'll put it off, put it off. But maybe this is just the trigger that's going to make you do it. 
Because, you know, I'm, a, I'm not going to lie to you. I procrastinate, you know, as much as you guys think that I'm out here doing stuff, I'm busy and blah, blah, blah. There are things that I neglect that I procrastinate with. And, you know, of course, you got to be willing to admit it. So, Broseph, Lansing, Illinois, and we got Pennsylvania, Jay Taylor, shout out to him, in the building. So, this one thing, this mistake that barbers make is money. Now, like I said, this is a broad subject, and a lot of people are plagued by the mistakes that they make with money. Now, there are many different subcategories of this money thing, but we'll just talk more mostly about money management and investing. J.Y.Y. What up? No. <laughs> so let's talk about money management. Now, this is a classic mistake that barbers make. Now, look. Me, myself, I love classic stuff. I love me some classic stuff. I love classic cars. I love classic style. I love classic food, things like this. But one thing I do not like is classic mistakes. I do. I cannot stand classic mistakes. Now, of course, for all the listeners, all y'all that are out here, drop it in the comments below. Drop some classic mistakes that you've made. And you might be like, what do you mean? What classic? What, what, what talking about classic mistakes? Okay, okay, okay. Bear with me, okay? Classic mistake is purchasing a car that you couldn't afford. Paying too much in interest on a car that you could not afford. Buying a house or renting a place that you can't afford. Um, being in a relationship that you know you should not be in. Right? Not being a present father or father figure to your children. You know, you having kids with a bunch of different women and have no intention of staying with them or taking care of the kids or being in the kids' life. Classic mistakes like these. So drop, I mean, let's, let's be real though. Let's be real guys. Like don't be fake. Let's drop some comments in the comments below. Let me know some of your classic mistakes, but this is, these are things that I try to avoid and I try to have people avoid these classic mistakes all the time because what's the point of, a, of something classically happening negative in this, in this, uh, in this um, thing here, something negative, but you not changing it or you not, you know, pivoting and moving different. There's no point if you know the dangers out there, but you're still willing to commit the dangers. What's the point in that? So I was, I've been talking to, you know, clients, of course, you know, I talk to clients and things like this and there have been some things that have happened to me lately that made me really want to speak on this more because I've been, I was talking to one client recently and I was like, yeah, man, I'm, uh, you know, doing this and that. And we we're just talking about his life and blah, blah, blah. He was like, yeah, I'd love to be, you know, more financially secure and, you know, have a more stress-free life and things like this. And, I was like, yeah, these are important. You know, this is a very important because, you know, when you have your life in order, when you have your things together, you don't make the same mistakes that other people make. You don't make desperation moves or some, you don't do something that'll put you in a bad position later. All these things are just a little minor hiccup or just a little bump in the road. You don't look at you. The way you look at these things are different when your life is in order. Case in point. I don't know, a few weeks ago, 
my I had some car uh, car trouble. Woke up, you know, or not really woke up. I was actually coming home from work, and the battery light was on, which I know exactly what this means. I was like, I've seen this before. That means my alternator is about to go bad. Well, it's going bad or is bad. And that also means that I need to replace this ASAP. So what I did was a few days later, I took, well, actually not a few days later. It was actually, I had to wait throughout the weekend. Then Monday was a holiday and they weren't open. So I had to wait till Tuesday. I actually went quite a few days uh, with the bat alternator, but nevertheless, I got to fix the next, the next week. But the amount that I had to pay, it was around 500 bucks. Right. And some people that don't have their finances in order, you know, classic money mistakes that some people make, they would have a fit. This would like, and this happened like on the weekend. Right. So this could ruin someone's weekend. This could ruin someone's week, someone's day, whatever. For me, this is just not even really a bump in the road. Like, this is nothing to me. It's just like, ah, okay, cool. You know, fix it, you know, 500 bucks later. But for some people, a $500 hit, their life is over. They're like, oh, man, I don't know where I'm going to come up with this money. They're, they're like calling people, trying to borrow money here, maybe go to a payday loan here or pawn something there. These are classic mistakes that you don't want to make. Now, what can alleviate this problem, right? An emergency fund. Classic and very simple thing to do, also known as the rainy day fund. You know, you always hear the grandmother say or the older people say like, oh, put some money aside for emergencies, have some money uh, set aside for a rainy day because you just never know what might happen. Just like case in point with my car, that happened. Now, another thing, too, here's, here's, a, here's a piece of advice for you guys that have older used cars, especially a car that has 80 to 150,000 miles. If you have a car that has 80 to 150,000 miles and it has been performing perfectly for you, had no issues for quite a while, if you do not have an emergency fund, I highly suggest you go out and start saving money because something is probably going to happen. Now, with the car in question, mine, nothing has gone wrong in this car for quite a while, actually, probably like a couple years, like nothing's like repair wise, like nothing, probably like well over a year, maybe two. I knew something was going to go wrong with my car. Eventually I was just like, ah, I was just waiting to be honest with you. So when it happened, one, I wasn't surprised. And two, I have the money to cover this. So I'm just like, ah, you know, no big deal. Cool. Boom. Pay it. Done. Cars back in the road. Everything's fine. Like nothing ever happened. So do you see what I'm saying? Like some people, that would freak out. Just like, let's say you drive your car and hypothetically, you know, someone puts uh, spike strips out and then you blow all four tires, you know, depending on what kind of car you have, you know, it could range anywhere between six to two grand for some tires. But something like that can be tragic for a lot of people that aren't prepared for things like this, who do not have an emergency fund, a rainy day fund. This are, these are the classic mistakes you want to avoid at all costs. And I'm trying to help you guys. So if you do not have an emergency fund, please start saving up an emergency fund. Now, how much do you need an emergency fund? An emergency fund? That all depends, right? You could have three months, six months, nine months, a year. It all depends on you. Now, if you are self-employed in that realm, I suggest you have six months because 
when you're self-employed, that's a, what's one of the good thing about being self-employed is, you know, you can create your own income, you know, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes you might go through a drought and you're self-employed versus someone who is employed by someone. There's really no drought. They just got to show up to work and get paid or if they work salary, you know, you just got to show up to work and get paid. When you're self-employed, there are ups and downs, there are peaks and valleys in performance and revenue. So you, you got to be very careful there with the way you manage your money when you're self-employed. You want to have more of a buffer, especially not only for yourself personally, but also for your business, which goes into another classic mistake that I want to uh, point out is as barbers. And now this is exclusive for barbers. Classic mistake barbers make is not having money set aside for incidentals or a slow week or a slow month, and they are short on booth rent. How many times have you heard this story from a barbershop owner or just somewhere, someone else or just maybe someone trying to give you the game on something? They tell you stories about, oh, man, I, I can only give you 50 this week and I give you, I'll, make, I'll make up the next 100 next week or I can spread out the 100 throughout, you know, throughout the month. This is a lame, okay? This is for the birds, okay? If you're listening to this podcast, I don't want to ever see you do something like this in your life. Do you hear me? I don't want to see you make this mistake ever because this is lame. For you to be self-employed, the barber, you know, you you get paid pretty much every day under most circumstances, a booth rental, stuff like this. You should always have money on the side because something's slow. Anywhere from 150 to $250 in booth rent weekly. Come on now. Come on now. You got to have some of this money set on the side, ready to, for whatever might happen. Maybe you're just like, oh, this happened. All right, cool. I'll pay it. All right. All right. Cool, cool, cool. You better have some money. So I'm talking to you. Hey, AC480, what's up? I see you out there. <laughs> Am I getting the shed? No, I'm not getting that shed. Maybe later, though. I'll keep you guys posted. If you guys, uh, by the way, if you did know, YouTube has stories. And I actually posted some stories, uh, I think it was a couple of days ago. I think yesterday, actually, I posted a story. I was at Home Depot. And if you guys remember the podcast episode where I was talking about stop working in barbershops, you know, go check out my stories and you'll see the stories there. They'll be up for a few more days. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. There was a lot of game in the podcast. So if you want to go check that podcast episode out, I can't remember the exact name of the, of the uh, podcast, but definitely go check out the stories and you'll kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together. And if you're more curious, go find the podcast, but don't make this classic mistake uh, with coming up short on booth rent. That's lame. Please, you should have months worth of booth rent at your disposal. Now, will you go months? <laughs> I mean, let's just exclude the Rony Rona because let's just be real. A lot of barbershop owners uh, didn't charge people booth rent during that time or like whatever. Right. So let's just exclude that. But then again, that is what that is for. That's what that money is for. Just in case something crazy happens, you want to be covered. Okay, and this is what I'm just trying to tell you. So, like I say, Lord forbid some some little kid wants to play a prank and throw spike strips on the ground as you drive by and blow out all four tires. Or maybe you just blow out one tire and now you got to pay 400 bucks, 200 bucks. Some of you guys are struggling. Some of y'all like coming up short on bills. Some of you can't pay this. You got to be like, all right, I ain't paying this this month because this happened. That's lame, guys. That is lame. Okay, so. Don't let this happen to you. Do not let this classic mistake happen.
Do not get caught with your pants down, okay? Because once, you know, you go swimming and they drain the pool out and you got your pants down, you, you, you're naked under there, we're going to find out, okay? Everybody is going to find out, okay? Now, here's something else that happened to me. These are all stories that have happened to me, but also these aren't bad. I mean, look, well, I guess it's bad that I got to pay this or it's bad that that may have happened because, hey, I'd love to keep that extra money. Hey, I could have put that money into an investment account, right? I could have bought some shares of some companies with that money. Yes. <laughs> yes. And by the way, I'm gonna, before I go into this next one, I want to say this. For all of you guys that listen to the channel, watch the video, smash the like button, share the content, I appreciate uh, each and every one of you. I really do. And for the, everyone that's watching now, shout out to you. You're a real winner, okay? And if you're going to listen to the podcast in its entirety, massive shout out to you, okay? Uh, so one thing I want to say is, you know, you got to show your support by watching, listening to the videos, tuning in, checking out stuff, seeing what's going on, you know, I really do appreciate it. Uh, here's one thing for everyone who sends super chats, you know, which is a donations to the channel. If you want to donate to me, there's a little button that has a dollar sign and blah, blah, blah. But if you don't even, if you can't even go that far, here's one way you can support me. There's a link in the description to Amazon. Now, of course, many people shop on Amazon, blah, blah, blah. That link, what it does, if you use it and you shop through that link, I get a commission and that's one way you could help the channel and help me keep putting out videos and things like that, because not everyone can support monetarily. And, you know, you, a lot of people show their support differently. You know, whether you watch the videos, you share the videos, you like and comment and be interactive with the videos, which is why I always tell you guys, like, be interactive in the comments, you know, you know, light up the comment section. Like, let's talk. We're having a discussion. We're being real. OK, like there's no point for you to just sit back and then not be, you know, in the discussion or in the debates or in the topic, you know. Be active, you know, let's talk because, you know, I'm here to help you guys. So the Amazon affiliate link in the description below is one way you can help. Now, here's one thing that has happened to me recently. Okay, now I can't really pinpoint exactly when this happened. My guess is it was last week. I think it was last week. I can't remember which day. It's not really important. But what happened was or what ha happened was. Now, my MacBook Pro, okay, now the computer that I've been using, you know, that I'm doing this live stream on right now, that I've edited all of my videos on uh, with YouTube and done all the fun stuff, you know, editing videos, live streaming videos, blah, blah, blah. The computer that I've used was this 2013 MacBook Pro. I bought it new in 2013. And let's be honest, shout out to Apple, okay? Apple, I love their computers. That was my first, this well, this is my first MacBook Pro or really Mac computer, Apple computer ever. And man, the experience was great. You know, I had no issues with this computer throughout the years outside of just some stuff that probably was caused by, by me. So not going to uh, try and put Apple at fault for any of that. But love the computer, love the ecosystem, everything, like just a great machine. And... Like I say, bought it new in 2013. It's 2020. So seven years later, this computer's still running strong. I'm still editing. I'm still doing live streams. I'm still doing like the bulk of my work using this MacBook Pro. And recently, like I say, last week, 
or not even just last week is when this happened, but this actually happened a few weeks. This has been like maybe a month in the making. The center row of my keyboard wasn't working. And I noticed, I was like, this kind of weird. It's not working. But then it would come back like maybe a minute later, 30 seconds later, 15 seconds later, then it would work. So last week, this center section is now gone. It has not come back. It left and didn't come back. This little piggy went to the market and did not come home. Okay. So the center section of my Mac didn't work. Now the mistake I made was I was like, okay, let me just restart the computer and then hopefully it'll come back to life. <laughs> ah, yes, 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 yes. That was the mistake I made. This, now see, this isn't a classic mistake. I just made a mistake. The mistake I made was re one restarting the computer because I did not realize my password and only one letter is of that center section, which means I cannot type in my password to get back into my laptop, which means if you guys follow the channel, you know, I do these stock portfolio updates that I do with my dividend portfolio. I didn't do that this week because I could not get into my computer. There was a fight this weekend. I was live streaming. I was using my phone, but I wanted to do this through my computer. I actually wanted to be in upstairs in this room that I'm in right now doing uh, that particular uh, live broadcast. I couldn't do it because I cannot log into my computer. So I'm over here days and days and days and days without a computer. And by the way, I had videos. I have videos right now that are already edited that I'm trying to upload like in the future, right? Which I'm probably going to get these videos uploaded and just kind of get them scheduled. So I don't have to worry about this nonsense in case something else crazy happens. But I'm over here like, what in the world am I going to do? So yesterday I was like, okay, let me see if I can get an external keyboard, something wireless or whatever, you know, and see if I can hook this up and I can log into the computer. I do that. It works. Thanks to Logitech, I was able to hook up a wireless um, keyboard and I'm able to log into the computer. So now it kind of sucks because now these this row has permanently, I don't think it's ever coming back to be honest with you, I really don't. Uh, so now I've been using this wireless keyboard to type stuff and it's kind of weird because I can still use parts of the keyboard. There's the other rows on the keyboard are fine. And even that row that's messed up, there's certain keys in that row that's okay. So it's kind of weird, like when I'm typing stuff, I gotta kind of go to the other keyboard just to type in that missing letter. Or even when I'm using the laptop now, like I can kind of type in partial of what it is and kind of auto-correct it and get it to search. Or maybe I'll have to like copy and paste something. It's really annoying. I mean like really annoying. This past few days have been, oh my gosh, so annoying so so annoying now if you guys don't know about apple products they're very expensive an apple uh like an iphone what is it like 1200 bucks 1400 i don't i don't know i haven't uh purchased an iphone in a while but that's a very expensive purchase right a macbook air macbook pro very expensive imac very expensive now i was looking um this is a while ago, but I saw someone saying like their uh, MacBook Pro that they bought cost them like seven grand. That's the price of most of our cars. Like I know that the price of that a seven thousand uh, dollar MacBook Pro it's loaded up, but that is more that that, that is, the cost of that is worth more than the car that I drive, and that's crazy, right? So the price of these uh these these Macs are very expensive. So. I'm over here thinking to myself, 
you know, Macs are pretty bulletproof. Mine is still running strong. Mind you, like if I can fix this problem, whether uh, who knows, like I'm probably going to fix it because this computer is still um, running great and it still has good bones. So the one thing I did notice, and this is why, why I say money management is so important, because one thing I knew about this computer, right? I knew I bought it in 2013, brand new. And I knew that this prop, this computer is probably going to have something happen soon because, look, good things don't last forever. Case in point, this MacBook Pro, okay? And I've had it for so long, and I knew I'm going to have to replace this thing. I knew th th something was going to happen where I'm going to have to replace this thing soon. Now, like I say, I appreciate all of you guys for supporting the channel because it kind of goes into this. Uh, I think it was like... Earlier this year or late last year, my YouTube channel finally became profitable. It finally became profitable where the money that I receive from YouTube every month and all of the other little streams that I make through YouTube is bringing me a positive return. So all of the years that I've been on YouTube, which at that point before it became profitable, it's probably like, what, four years? My channel finally became profitable. And I was like, wow, that is actually great because that means all this hard work that I'm putting into this YouTube channel and all the hard work that I've been doing throughout the years, you know, spending hours upon hours of videos, live streams, editing, shooting videos, preparing for videos. Like you guys don't understand like how much effort it takes to do these YouTube videos. Like a lot of you guys just only look at like, oh, let me just tune in. But there's a lot of work that goes behind you guys just tuning in. So but here's one thing, like now that my YouTube channel is profitable it's really cool, you know, and, you know, for whatever you guys do to support the channel, it's all grateful and it's all put to good use. So don't think that, you know, if you donate money to the channel, you use my my Amazon affiliate link to purchase, which is in the link in the description below to my Amazon affiliate link or just however you support me by sharing the videos, liking, being interactive, you know, messing up the algorithms. Just know your money is going to good use. I am not a wasteful person when it comes to money, and I am not a person that's just going to take some money and go do something foolish with it. I'm not going to go out and buy something flashy. Case in point with this laptop and me knowing that I'm going to have to replace it sometime soon. Today, this morning, I purchased another MacBook Pro. This time I got like a 16-inch MacBook Pro. It's like really big screen, and I was like, because oh. I went in Best Buy, and I was looking at it, and I was like, okay. This is what 16 inches look like. Now, when I bought this one in 2013, I think this is like a 14 inch. It was like the biggest screen they had back then. And I was like, oh, great. This is great. So I went ahead. I was like, let me just get the 16 incher, right? Let me get the 16 incher because this is going to be my workhorse, this laptop. Now, this laptop will be exclusively for YouTube only. I'm going to use this, uh, this laptop to render videos, do live streams, and, you know, edit videos, um, just all YouTube related. This is what this laptop is. The sole purpose will be for now this laptop that I'm using now this MacBook Pro, I'll probably fix whatever's wrong with it. And then just have my kids use it for whatever, or just maybe use this for, you know, just something else, like whatever, right? Because it's still good. The, the battery life is still pretty good. It still runs pretty good, although it is a little bit slower because of course it's 2013. So it can't really handle a lot of the stuff. Like if I, like I have OBS studios up right now, like if I had Final Cut Pro and the internet open at the right time, this computer would be humming. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> humming okay so i went ahead and i was like okay let me just buy this computer 
Now this computer cost me about $2,200, somewhere around there, like $2,200. And for a lot of you, you guys are like probably like blowing your tops right now, right? You're probably like, what? $2,200 for a computer? Look, I totally get it, because it's expensive. I ain't going to lie. $2,200 is expensive. Now, when I bought this MacBook Pro that I'm using now, I think I paid around $1,300 for that one. And I tell you what, best investment, because the return on this investment was massive. And for what I got out of it and all of the use and blah, 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 well worth it. Now, me, me spending $2,000 on this, you guys might be like flipping your wig. But here's the thing. This is one, a tax write-off. It's a business expense. I use this for YouTube and, and primarily like YouTube and stuff like this, but I use it for some, for other things. So this is a tax write-off. So, you know, not quite paying the full amount of that 2200 when you look at tax deductions and things like this. But if I didn't have my money right, see, it goes back to money management. If I didn't have the money to do this, if I wasn't managing money properly, what I will be forced to do is work with a dying computer because now this is working. Yeah, I did kind of remedy the problem by buying a wireless keyboard, but this is, I tell you, I kid you not, this is annoying having to use this, use this wireless keyboard to do other work. Like I was trying to edit some YouTube videos earlier and I was trying to put some, uh, some captions and the videos and I couldn't use them because these keys aren't functional on this keyboard. So I was just like, okay, I guess I'll have to wait till I get home, hook up the wireless keyboard, and then I'll just put in whatever I need. That's annoying. So can you imagine like me just operating like this for the remainder of this computer's life? That's lame. Okay. Now you've, I'm pretty sure you've probably seen some other YouTubers where they're like, they break a camera. They, you know, laptop crashes or maybe they spill whatever on it or maybe they drop it and it just doesn't work. And then they just can't drop content. This is because they have poor money management. Okay. You got to think me having a YouTube channel that's profitable and not putting out content because, oh, my laptop's not working or, oh, my camera's not working. I'm a bad businessman at that point. Think about it. YouTube for me now, I wouldn't say it's like a big business, but it is a business. It's something that brings me money in. So I have to manage what I'm doing with YouTube. If I not, if I do not put out content, of course, my bottom line is going to suffer, right? You know, I'm not going to be able to put out videos the way I want. You guys are going get to get to get the content the way you want. That is a problem, okay? So, you know, this goes back to money, uh, money management. And you guys, might, like I say, this laptop that I purchased, it, should, it actually should be here Friday. That's what, uh, what Apple told me. It shipped out today. I got the notification. It'll be here Friday. And I know some of you guys might be saying, like, man, $2,200 for a new computer, and you just paid it like that, which I'm not even trying to brag at all. But what I'm trying to impress to you is you need to have money on the side when, in case things go wrong. Case in point, like I mentioned earlier, with the booth rent situation, you should not be coming up short on booth rent with this laptop situation. Just like I mentioned with uh, my alternator going out in my van a few weeks ago. You need to have money on the sideline in the case of emergencies. Did you see what case in point a few weeks ago, right? If you're keeping score, I had an emergency with my car. Handled that just like that, right? I'm having an emergency now with my laptop a few weeks later. 
$2,200. Later, boom, it's done just like that with not even batting an eye, not even breaking a sweat. Like for some of you out there, if something that happened to you where it was like $2,000, $3,000, some of you guys would be shitting bricks right now. Your lives will be turned upside down right now. And this is what I don't want for you because this isn't cool. This These stressful moments in life, you shouldn't have this. And this is what I was talking about with my client where I was talking about getting your life together, having your affairs in order. You shouldn't be worried about things like this when they happen. It should just be like, it should just be more of a confirmation to you that you're doing everything the right way. You're, you're like, okay, I've got an emergency fund. I've got some rainy day money. I, the, I, I knew days like this were going to happen because, yo, my man, the MMA realist or the I do a barber or whatever, MMA barber life, because he said so. And he told me to get this in order. So if you don't like, okay, for everyone that's watching, how many of you have an emergency fund right now? Drop it in the comments below. Because, look, you guys have been radio silent for a while. I want to hear from you guys. How many of you have an emergency fund right now in case something goes wrong? Drop it in the comments below. Drop it. Now, the classic mistake, AAC40 saying, mistake is getting married. Ha ha. I think that was a little bit of a joke. Jedi Wada says, not going Dutch on the first date. <laughs> And J.Wada, he says, I invested about 3K in building my own PC about four years ago. Best thing I did, to be honest. Now, hey, now look, that's great, you know, especially if he's using it for a purpose to make more money. Now, look, me being an investor, right? I'm an investor. If you guys don't know that, I'm an investor, right? I invest in uh, real estate and stocks, okay? And especially now that I'm more hardcore with the investing I re I'm really paying attention more to how my money is spent. Now, of course, I'm an Apple investor. So really that purchase of Apple actually helps me being an Apple investor because that actually helps their sales and their revenue, of course. So I'm helping myself, one, because I need the laptop, but I'm also helping the company that I invest in, which is Apple. So do you see how that works? This is why I'm so mindful of my money these days because I'm really careful about where I'm spending my money, how much money I'm spending. If you watch my latest video on, uh, I was talking about uh, my uh, dividends and why dividends are so important or not really why they're so important, but the, a life lesson that you can learn through dividend uh, growth investing, go watch that video. If you got, and I know most of you guys don't watch the investing videos, which is, it goes back to the number one mistake barbers make which is money management, knowing about money and investing. Why do barbers not do this? Now, let me bring up another YouTube barber. Shout out to Game Changer. Um, he has a YouTube channel. If you haven't watched his YouTube channel, go subscribe to his channel. He has a really good channel, very good barber. And I really like what he's doing these days, which he has this new series that he does. Uh, it's called Game Changing Conversations. And what he does is he goes out to barbers. And by the way, he, I... I I'm in Dallas, right? In the Dallas area. He's also in the Dallas area. I work in Garland. He works in Arlington, I think, or somewhere. We're not that far from each other, to be honest. I'm, we're probably like 25 minutes away, 20, 25 minutes away from each other. Uh, Milton Quark, what's up? Um, so we're not that far from each other. I've reached out to him to try to have him on this podcast. And by the way, he is a hard guy to get in contact with. 
Boy, oh boy, that dude is hard to get in contact with. Game changer is hard to get in contact with this dude. Now, back to his series that he does called Game Game Changer Conversations. And what he does is he goes out to other barbers and he gets his hair cut by them and they talk. They're just talking, you know, almost like barbershop talk. And, you know, he's just talking, you know, whatever. And it's cool. You know, the conversation is great. It's not really about learning about haircut tutorials or anything like that. But it's just like, you know, if you enjoy the conversation, the atmosphere, the vibe, blah, blah, blah. Very cool. So if you haven't checked out Game Changers channel, go check out his channel uh, and go watch those series. It's actually pretty interesting. But one thing I've noticed, because I think he's dropped three of those in that series already. I think he's about to drop another one soon. But one thing I've noticed was he asked a two barber specifically. I remember this because because this is, of course, this is right up my alley. Investing, he was asking, "Do you invest for the future, or do you have, you know, what do you plan for retirement?" What did both of these guys say? No, they don't have plans for it, or they don't know what to do. This goes back to what I'm telling you about the number one mistake that barbers make is money, knowing about money. Money management, investing your money, using your money to make more money. Look, I'm not going to be the guy here on YouTube, like trying to make you charge $500 for a haircut, $200 for a haircut, $100. I don't care about that. What I care about you doing is multiplying your money, making your money work for you, because it's not about how much you make. It's about how much you can keep and invest and put into investments that can make you more money. So that is what I am big on because I don't care if you make $100,000, $150,000 a year. If you can't keep a lot of it and invest a lot of it, what's the point? How many times do you see people that make $150,000 a year, $200,000 a year, and they have poor money management, they have bad habits and psychology with money, and they're living way beyond their means and they're broke. They have tons of debt and they don't know what to do. They have a very crazy lifestyle because they feel like they need to keep up with the amount of money that they make or maybe the peer pressure from their friends or whatever, which is really stupid. So I'm all about you guys making money and investing money. I don't care if you only have five grand a year to invest. We can work with that. I've heard stories of people investing five grand in one year and then the next year is worth 50 grand. That's possible. You know, of course, you got to be a little bit smart or potentially lucky, <laughs> you know, to do things like this. But with that game changer thing, uh, conversation uh, episodes or two that I saw where uh, he mentioned that to people and they're just like, no, I could tell they were deer in the headlights. They did not know what to do. And it's really embarrassing because I'm just like, you guys are barbers, right? And from the gist of the conversation, they seem like they're successful barbers. They seem like they make good money, right? You, know, you never really know. But if that's the case, they should be saving for their future. And these guys have been in the industry for a very long time. So I say this to you guys, like if you, I don't know how long you guys have been in the, in uh, the industry, how long, like drop it in the comments below guys. Like, seriously, let's get active. I mean, like stop being scared, put yourself out there. Like I'm asking you serious questions. Like how long have you been in the industry? Right. I remember I went to a seminar and D, uh, DL Master Barber, he was asking, because this was when I was at Barber College, and I went to the seminar, and he was, you know, playing the room, and he was like, hey, how many of you guys have been in the industry this long, and then this long, and then this long, and then he was like, hey, how many of you guys have $5,000 in the checking account, $10,000, $20,000, 
And he was telling, he was saying, like, if you've been in the industry five years, you should have at least $25,000, which is only $5,000 a year. It's not a lot of money, right? But could you say that for a lot of people that you see within the industry? Could you, could you say that to a lot of people or about a lot of people in the industry? Probably not. And that is a bad sign. And I really, it really frustrates me with barbers because you're giving barbers a bad name for all the barbers that are disrespectful, disrespect the industry. Don't, uh, don't respect the craft. You know, don't take this serious. You're giving the industry a bad name. You are giving the industry a bad name. So J.Y.Dot, he says it's, it's good to have that rainy day fund and leaving a living uh, within your means helps a lot for real, for real. Also building credit and paying your bills on time. Yeah, these are things that are very important. I talked about, I did a video, I don't know, over a month ago talking about uh, how I got an 800 credit score. You know, if you're curious on your if you care about you know stuff like that, which I'm going to be honest, I don't really care about my credit score, even though I have very good credit. I really don't care about my credit. I don't really use my credit like that. I, I don't use it to uh, borrow money. Um, you know, I don't. I just have it, you know, it's whatever. But it's, it's very poor. So I want to get you guys out of that. So if you guys, like I say, man, if you listen to this podcast enough and smash the like button if you're in the building. If you listen to this podcast enough, I hope a lot of the stuff that I'm saying to you rubs off. And like I say, I've been there. I've been there where I'll listen to something over and over, but I don't take action. You got to take action, guys. You have to take action. You have to put the wheels in motion. A little step in the right direction will help. Look, you might feel like you're drowning or you're so far, you're like you're in too deep that you can't get out. No, all it takes is a, a, a one forward step in the right direction, because not not everyone is in uh, in the position where they can just deploy a tranche and get rid of all of their problems and all of their worries. And then it's gone. Not everyone. Some people can not everyone. So taking steps in the right direction, having discipline, you might be like, OK, I want to become a millionaire. And by the way, that's my goal. Right before I plan to retire in eight to 10 years, basically, when I become a millionaire, I'm going to retire from barber. And I did the math. It will be in eight to 10 years. Now, let's say you want to become a millionaire, but you don't have patience. You don't have discipline. I'm going to tell you this. Good luck, because if you don't have patience and you don't have discipline, that that little that mindset that people have right now, that instant gratification very, very dangerous, very dangerous because one, you're going to make a lot of mistakes because you're in such a rush to succeed. You're in such a rush to get there. You're going to skip steps. You're going to skip over your process. You're going to lose a little bit of discipline, maybe take an unnecessary risk that could possibly cost you. Of course, you know, with great risk, you get great reward, but also equally is the downside of that risk. And sometimes people get blinded by that, by the potential upside that they completely ignore all the all the warning signals, all the flares that are in the air. They, they, they put on their blue blockers and they turn into Ray Charles for that. Be careful, okay? Be careful along the way. So when I make my stock market investment videos, these videos are for you guys. 
I'm giving you little lessons, little, you guys are seeing the journey week after week, year after year, month after month, blah, blah, blah. You guys will get to see my portfolio grow. Shout out to email the barber, Billy T, Tony Peters, and everyone else that wants to remain nameless. These things are all important. I want to help you guys. This is the whole purpose behind all of this. I don't want you guys broke. Listen, like I'll probably still have this YouTube channel years from now, right? I hope I do. I hope Google and YouTube is still running strong, you know, eight to 10 years from now, whenever I reach my goal. And when that happens, you know, hopefully you're still subscribed and hopefully you get to see like, whoa, I actually saw this happen. Or you see the progression throughout the years and you're like, man, I've seen this dude go from this to this. Like, damn, that's crazy. I'm not one of those people where I just want to see you at the bottom. I want to see you grow with me. So all these lessons that I'm telling you, use these to get better. Use these to have proper money management. Put some of your money aside. Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, this castle, this mansion, it wasn't built overnight. It takes time. Uh, and in the investment business, I always talk about brick by brick, brick by brick. A brick house is, is built one brick at a time. One brick at a time. That's how it's built. And this is how you need to build your wealth because not a lot of people have rich parents. Maybe you're just gonna have to get it how you live, right? You got to use your active income, your working income to build your net worth, to build, build your castle. Simple. Now, of course it takes discipline. It takes some sacrifice. You're gonna have to delay a lot of the gratification. You know, people are gonna be doing things that are much nicer than you. People are gonna be going places much nicer than you. People are going to be eating this, wearing that. And you really got to delay this. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like when I walk around and I see people with like flashier things than me, and especially when I know they don't have as much as me, it really makes me laugh. It actually gives me more motivation to keep doing more because I'm just like, boy, oh boy, little does this person know, little does this person know. And also I feel bad for these people because I'm just like, they don't understand that's the mistakes that they're making. I've made those same mistakes when I was younger myself. I've wasted tons of money myself. I should be a millionaire right now. If I would have taken this, these principles that I know now, if, if of course, you know, yeah, if I would have, if only if I would have known this when I was that age, or if I would have done this, well, of course, hindsight's always 2020, but this is what I'm trying to tell you. If you're younger, start now. Time will pass you by five years, 10 years, 20 years. You guys might be thinking 10 years from now is a long way. It is not. Trust me, guys. The years go by fast. 2020 is almost over. October is tomorrow. This year is almost over. As bad as this year was for a lot of people and a lot of the tragic things that have happened throughout this year, it's almost over, guys. This is what I'm trying to, trying to convey to you. Time flies. Get your ass in gear now. I'm trying to tell you, do not fuck around. My young people, please, you can be in a lot better position than your parents are now. Be right Because let's say your parents aren't where they want to be. Maybe they're not retired at an older age. Maybe you want to retire when you're 35, 40, whatever. You can do that, but you have to start now. Get smart. 
Put down a lot of the silly stuff and start worrying about your money. Start worrying about your finances. Start planning for the future. Start educating yourself on many different topics outside of your comfort zone, outside of just barbering. These things are funny. Financial illiteracy cost people trillions of dollars because if you can't see the scams coming, you, if you can't see all the little pitfalls coming, you're going to fall for them. This is why I said earlier, they're called classic mistakes. This is why they're called classic mistakes. People that are smart don't make these mistakes unless they get tricked, you know, do a little flea flicker, a little, little foolery. Yeah, that may happen, but you know, people that are rich or have the knowledge, they don't make classic mistakes. It's very rare that they make classic mistakes. These things just don't happen because they know better. They know not to go out and get a payday loan. They know better than to go out here and, and finance a car with a high interest rate. They know to, you know, and, and not all, but the smart ones know to not live beyond your means, to have rainy day money. Just like I mentioned, this MacBook Pro issue. I know to keep money behind. I know to keep money on the sidelines. I have money on the sidelines. Boom. Okay. My car went out with the alternator. You see, nothing happened. I wasn't sweating anything. My only thing that I was doing was strategizing. Do you see the difference? If if something happens in your life and you have money, you you, ha you, you can get rid of the stresses that a lot of other people have. You can strategize. Instead of like lose your damn mind, make a foolish mistake, right? Like let's say my car went out or I need to replace all four tires. Ooh, I got to go take a payday loan or I got to go pull out a credit card and then maybe I can't pay the credit card statement balance off to avoid the interest, but then I'm just going to pay it off for the course of the year. And then who knows, maybe that amount just lingers on for years and years and years. So those $6,000 tires turn into twelve, fifteen hundred $1,500 because you're making classic money mistakes. These are the things that I'm trying to have you avoid at all costs. So when I had to go out and buy this new MacBook Pro this morning, right, before I went to work, I strategized. I took a I took a day to strategize. I was like, okay, let me look around here, look around there, see what's my best option, see where I can, you know, possibly save some money. And then I make a decision. I didn't like go like I didn't call up every family member, you know, all the way down to the third the third cousin asking for money. Like, hey, man, can you give me this money? Oh, I'll pay you back next week or and then calling up this dude, robbing Peter to pay Paul. I didn't play any of them games. It's just it is what it is. OK, shout out to Myung Kwok in the super chat. He says, thank you for this. I missed a lot of your videos. I can't tell you how much I needed this video. Myung Kwok, you are very much welcome. All of you. You are very much welcome. And you see what I'm saying? Young Kwok showing his uh, support, in the su uh, support by Super Chat, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, I really do appreciate it, you know, because this all helps. And like I say, I do this stuff for you guys. Like, I really want you guys to win. Like, you guys don't realize. I hope you understand that when I say those words. I want you to win. I don't want five years, ten years from now, especially ten years, when I'm retired from barbering and I'm a millionaire, I don't want you still in the same position. If you are, slap yourself 10 years from now, not right now. Don't slap yourself now. Give yourself a pat on the back because I'm telling you what, you're going to make a change. You are going to make a change in your behavior. You're going to change, make a change in your psychology, the way you behave with money, the way you look at money, the way, and by the way, guys, 
seeing how I'm a dividend growth investor with my one portfolio that I have exclusively for dividends, when I get dividend payments, it really changes my outlook on money. So when you get a dividend payment of $8, what does that make you think? Like, man, that's like a number two at McDonald's. So what am I thinking? Every time I go out and I spend something like maybe $20, you know, maybe I get a $20 dividend payment, which actually I'm supposed to get a dividend payment tonight if I'm not mistaken. Hold on. Let me let me go into my investment account. I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you this right now. So when I look at this, I should be receiving a dividend payment tonight from Pepsi. Boom, going to hit my account. Tomorrow, Coca-Cola, they're going to pay me some money tomorrow. And you know who else is going to pay me tomorrow? My bank. I talked to you guys about that before, how use your bank to pay you money. You know how a lot of people just love to keep money in their bank account and they want to just flex on people with their little bank statements, and which that's stupid, okay? Let's just be real. That's stupid because you should not be keeping bulks of money in your bank. Here's one option I told you guys, and I've talked about this on my stock market investing videos that I do every Sunday, and I've talked about this in the podcast once. What I do is I put money in my bank's stock, and my bank, they pay a dividend, which means I get quarterly distributions from my bank. And tomorrow, I'm going to get one of those quarterly distributions from my bank. They're going to pay me 20 bucks, a little over 20 bucks. Tomorrow, my bank is going to pay me. And that's all from investing in my bank. So instead of me putting that money in my bank and getting 0.01% in a stupid savings account or getting 1% in a money market account or a CD or whatever, I'm getting a 5% annualized dividend, which I think that's how much to, let me look at uh, my bank's dividend yield right now. I know it's in the fives. Let me look on my dividend tracker. Hold up. Yeah, 5.36 annualized return currently, right now, as I speak. And then if you look on top of that, how much money do I have in overall gains from my bank on my, on my investment? I'm up 13.83%, not including dividends. So do you see what I'm saying? Do you see how much money that I'm making from my bank? This is what I'm talking about being smart with money. Instead of just doing this and that, I'd rather put money in my bank. I'd rather put money in my bank's stock than put it in the bank. This is how you have your bank work for you. You got to be smart. These are things that I'm talking about how I don't really care about you cutting ahead for $200 like and trying to brag about this. Like I don't care. If you live a stupid lifestyle, it means nothing. Absolutely nothing. If you don't know how to invest this money and make your money grow, what's the point? If you just want to wear Gucci, whatever, like Louis Vuitton belt buckle or whatever, I don't even know what people buy. I kid you not. I don't wear expensive stuff. I don't. Um, Emil, Emil, I did listen to that song, by the way. We're going to have to talk about that damn song. And by the way, I said I was going to block you. That song was stupid, so I really should block you. You know, I'm going to put you in timeout. I'm not going to block you, but I'm just going to put you in timeout as a as a sign of good faith on my part because I'm just basically doing what I said I was going to do, okay? I'm not going to block you, but I'm going to put you in timeout. This is like daddy giving this kid a spanking, okay? So me putting you in timeout right now is just like me giving you a spanking, okay? 
So you and you, Emil, you're in timeout for 300 seconds. All right, <laughs> let's get back. So being smart with money, guys, this isn't the matrix. You're not going to plug something in the back of your head and you're going to have all of the knowledge right away. It takes time, guys. Be patient, especially if you're young, even if you're 30, 40, like whatever. You can acquire knowledge over time, just like you got good at barbering. You got good at barbering over time. Relax. It doesn't happen overnight. This is why it's so important to exercise discipline. Use your discipline. It's okay. Have a game plan. Really calculate it. Really do the research. And when you're, the research is done properly, you're very calculated. You put a plan into motion, and you're okay with working your plan. If something just doesn't happen, just slightly tweak it and still work your plan. This is what I'm trying to tell you guys. These things are very important. And I talk about a lot of different things throughout the podcast and many different topics and subject matter. Like, And by the way, I'm going to open it up for questions. So do you guys have questions? You guys got questions? Drop them in the comments below. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear from you guys. I really do. I don't want barbers making this number one mistake, which is poor money management, not knowing how to invest, not knowing how to make your money grow for you. Guys, I want you guys to win. I want you to win. Um, Young Quark says, what did he say? He told me to, okay, so last week's podcast, I was mentioning how, like, Guru, Gangstar, he's a dope rapper. He, RIP, you know, he died, like, about 10 years ago. And he was one of, he's like one of my favorite rappers. And he brought up NBA Damn Young Boy. And he told me to check out this song by NBA Young Boy. And I was just like, dude, I, I don't know any NBA Young Boy songs, but I'm telling you what. He ain't got nothing on Gangstar, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh so your question, young quack, is where do you start? With what? You gotta be a little bit more specific. <laughs> <laughs> Blake, 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 BK Blazin, he says, uh, number one mistake is when barbers make eye contact when during the lineup. Th that is a number one mistake because you should be looking at the damn lineup. That's a good way to mess up somebody's lineup if, is if you ain't focused on the job. Uh, Wada says, I want to know about the bank dividend thing. I need that. Okay, so let's talk about it because obviously you're probably not going to go out and look at that uh, video or check out that podcast. So, um, here we go. BK, uh, BK blazing 2003. Don't, don't try and don't try and play the era thing. Gangstar is way better than NBA young boy. He, his career spans three decades. I don't even know if we'll see NBA young boy in five years. Let's just be honest. And if Gangstar didn't die when he did, his career would have spanned four decades. All right. Now, all right. Jada Wada wants to know about that dividend. Okay. So most banks pay dividends, not all, most. Now, you can find out, and this doesn't have to be like your, you don't have to like go to your bank. So like if you bank with Wells Fargo, they cut their dividend, okay? So don't even think about it if you're trying to do Wells Fargo, which I know a lot of people bank with Wells Fargo. A lot of people bank with Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, ticker symbol J JPM. They pay a dividend, and it's a pretty good bank to invest in. I'm not gonna lie; it's pretty good, uh, pretty good play. Uh, I don't invest in them. Um, I actually thought about it, but I just don't. I just invest in my bank, um, which my bank is not a huge bank. It's Regions Financial, ticker symbol RF. Uh, I don't 
uh, it's not a huge bank. I think their market cap's around eight billion, ten billion, which is not small, right? I know it's just kind of crazy. Like you're like eight to ten billion. What well, is not that much, but when it, when you look at like J.P. Morgan Chase's uh, market cap, Bank of America, Wells Fargo's market cap, it's it's small compared to those guys, but. Most, like I said, most banks pay dividends. Now, you have to do your research, guys. Listen to me. Do your research before you do this, okay, before you invest in your bank. Look at the track record. Look at – do all the necessary research you would do for an investment, right? And everyone's uh, research that they do is different. But every bank's dividend is different. Now, mine is pays five. I think uh, Bank of America is, like, in the threes. I think J.P. Morgan Chase is in the threes, maybe the high twos, something like this. I can't, I can't really remember. But – Nevertheless, it's free money. Now, what you want on top of that dividend money, you want capital appreciation. You want to have growth throughout the years. So do some research on your bank. See what the, the historical data tells you. Like, have they, you know, have they been growing revenues year over year uh, in the past? You know, has their stock price increased over the past? You know, do, um, do the board of directors... Uh, do share buybacks and other things to, you know, help the shareholders. You know, you, these are things you have to look at, you know, the dividend growth, you know, how, how many years has, has it consecutively grown? Things like this. Let's just look at stuff like this. So putting money in those arenas is much better than just, especially if you, like, if you've got like outside of the emergency fund, okay, because I'm not going to recommend that you put your emergency fund in stocks, which some people say do that, but I'm just going to be honest. I don't really recommend that, especially if that's all you've got, right? That's kind of dangerous for me. Like, if that's all you got, like, let's say I put my emergency fund in the stock market. I could pop it, like, in some dividend plays, right? Like, or just maybe I put it all into my bank stock, right? Yeah. I may have to pull it out and, yeah, you know, I could do that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But, if the stock price goes down, of course, I lose money. So potentially dangerous play. So I wouldn't recommend really doing that unless you just had other means that you could pull from, right? So like, let's say I did put my money all in bank, my bank stock. Yeah, I have stock in Tesla that I can cash out and, you know, use as an emergency fund. It would suck because I'm pulling money out of my Tesla stock to pay for some other stuff. It's just, it's just tricky. So if you have, let's say, some extra money on top of your emergency fund, I highly recommend you do that. I really do because um, uh, it's a good way to make extra money. I mean, like extra money or free money is just crazy. Like a lot of these things that I don't want people to ignore. I don't want you guys to ignore. When someone's offering something free, use it, right? Like your bank. Your bank may offer a $50 referral or $100 referral like I'll refer this person to my bank. Dude, do that. That's free money. And you know what you can do? What What is an absolute beast? Here's a beast. Here's an absolute beast, okay? Let me share a beast with you. Here's a beast. You getting a referral from your bank, and you let's say you consistently get referral from your bank, and you putting that money all into their stock. First, you just got free money because you didn't have to work for that. Right. That was free money. You put that money into the stock. You get capital appreciation. And if they pay dividends, you get dividend payment and you reinvest that that dividend money back into the stock. And that money will grow over time. I talked about this, I think, in my last stock market video where I was talking about how 
I was, I was actually showing how my Realty Income Corp, uh, my real estate investment, how I reinvest the money every month and how it grows slowly over time on that scale that I was showing in my latest video. But this is what I'm trying to tell you. And when you value money differently and look at money differently with the investor mindset, it's a game changer. But when you look at money through the spin, spin, spin mindset, and you have that psychology with money, you're, you're going to look up later in life and be pissed off at yourself. Trust me, I've been there. I've done some stupid things with money. I've wasted money on stupid stuff. When I look at back on some of the things that I spent money on, I wish I could have it back. With everything that I know now and where I could have put that money instead, I, I wouldn't say I'm like I'm kicking myself now, but I'm just thinking to myself, you were stupid. You were an idiot, absolute idiot, okay? So this is what I want you guys to do, you know? So just do that. Just think about it. You know, you put it back into the stock. Case in point, I'm going to give you another one. So I have DirecTV, I have AT&T service, which I'm also an investor in AT&T, right? I have stock in AT&T. They pay a really good dividend. I think it's like over 7%, which actually AT&T is about to go X date early uh, October, which means they're about to pay up their dividend in November. The payout should be in November. But check this out. I was going to get rid of my cable last year because each year I like to cut my expenses a little bit. I like to trim some fat every year. I do this. Uh, I, I start thinking in November, December on ways I can save you know, anywhere between $500 to $1,000 of expenses every month. Because let's just be honest, the more money you make doesn't mean necessarily the more money you should spend. This is very dangerous. This is how I made a video. I don't know if I made a video or I talked about this in the podcast. I can't really remember, but I made a video talking about how how middle class people will be broke or stay middle class or how broke people stay broke. I can't remember which podcast podcast it was, but the most dangerous thing of that is when you make more money, you spend more money, you raise your expenses. This is dangerous. Now, like I said, what I try and do is cut some of my expenses every year. Now, one thing I was going to cut was cable because I don't really watch TV. I don't come home and just turn on the TV. Like most people, I don't, I don't do this. What's up, uh, Jamal Burke or Burkett. What's up? Um, now, I don't do this. And I don't really watch cable. This is a, there's a, shoot, uh, a few shows that I watch. I could probably stream these, right? Like whatever. So I was going to get rid of cable. Now, my family uses my password for DirecTV. So they were like, when they heard about this, they were like, no. They had an intervention with me. They're like, no. So they're like, yeah, we got to keep it. So they were like, how about this? How about we uh, pay you, you know, this money every month and, you know, just keep the cable? So I was just like, oh, okay, all right, I'll do it for you. So seeing how I am an investor in, in uh, AT&T, I have AT&T service, I have direct TV, blah, blah, blah. So they pay me $20 each. So I get 60 bucks a month to pay my cable bill. What do I do with that? No, I don't use that money to pay the bill. I use that money and I put it all back into AT&T stock. I buy two shares of AT&T for free every single month because they pay me money. Right. So I'm using this and adding to my net worth every single month. And I know AT&T pays a seven plus annualized oh, seven plus percent annualized return on a dividend every year. So basically, if you have a thousand dollars in AT&T, you're going to get seventy dollars annualized uh, annual uh, in dividends alone. OK, so. 
just like if you have ten thousand dollars in AT&T, you'll get was a seven hundred dollars annualized returns in dividends alone. And you could use this seven hundred dollars to buy AT&T stock. This is this is what's called drip. OK, a lot of people like talk about drip when I think it's like the slang version of drip is fashion. I think that's what it is or clothing. I, I don't really know. I know what I know of drip is investing. I know the investing term drip. I know what that stands for. I know the power of that. I know the power of compound interest. This is what I know. Okay. Uh, so Blaze, Blazing, uh, he's asking, isn't it better to le- uh, let savings sit in an essential company that is guaranteed to be around and grow? Banks only uh, give 3% max. Um, I don't know what that, what you mean by banks only give th- uh, 3% max. I don't know about that because based off of my bank, uh, I get paid five point something. I think it was like 5.36 annualized return in dividends and my capital appreciation on the money that I have in my bank stock is 13 plus percent. So that 3%, I don't know where you're getting that 3% money, but here's the thing with you talking about essential companies, even you putting your money into a McDonald's Johnson and Johnson, uh, let's say Apple, we'll look at them as, uh, pretty good company. Well, they're not essential though. Let's just go with essentials. Uh, like a McDonald's 3M Clorox companies like this. Um, you put your money into one of those. Yeah, it could be safe, but the market always has dips. So if you put your money into something and it dips and let's say you need that money, then you're going to be in problem. You're going to be in trouble because you just lost money and at this point you need it. So like I said, I don't really recommend you put money that you need as far as uh, an emergency fund into stocks. I, I'm not a big fan of that. But if you just have m- extra money on top of your emergency fund, definitely put it in in some stocks or maybe put in your bank stock, right? And instead of just leaving it in your bank, just put it in your bank stock. Uh, but maybe that three uh, 3% you're talking about is if you try and do like a CD or money market account, which shoot, good luck trying to get a 3% money market account right now. Um, any other questions, guys, like drop some questions, drop some questions. Myung Kwok, he says, I'll go back and watch your first video on investing. But yeah, do you, you guys got any other questions? Let's talk. Let's talk before I wrap up this thing. I know the NBA finals is happening right now. The Lakers are on, uh, the game started at what? Eight o'clock. I hope this is a competitive series. I hope the Miami Heat don't get blown out the park. I hope, you know, this game or this series goes six plus games. Okay. I hope this is one of those 4 0 sweeps or 4 1. You know, I, I ain't feeling that. Okay. I want, I want to see some competition. I want to see some good basketball played in a high level. But these are just some of the gems. These are just some of the ways of uh, thinking as an investor, the way an investor thinks with this money. Like, so I value every dollar, guys. Like, you guys don't realize I really do value every dollar. If I can save a dollar, I'm putting that money into something else, right? I don't, because some people look to save money to go spend more money. No, I don't look at saving money to, as an outlet for me to spend more money. I look at that as, whoa, I can put this money that I just saved into this. Uh, what do I think about cryptocurrencies? I don't invest in crypto. Uh, it's not my lane. I don't know anything about it. Therefore, I do not touch it. Not to say that there's anything bad about it. It's just like uh, um, 
was that uh forex don't know anything about forex don't touch it i know a lot of people claim to make money in forex claim of course hint hint scam alert because i have a client that's trying to get into forex and this girl had a that he knew hit him was like oh i'm doing this and blah and i just like the company that he told me whatever she's using i was like i did some research on it i told him i was like dude be very careful that looks just like a scam and everything that i hear about this company has scam written all over it so um just be very careful i was like dude i'm an investor and i i understand investing pretty well uh, from a lot of the stuff that he told me about her and just everything around that scheme the mlm it screamed scam. So I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, dude, because uh, they start when, when someone investing, when invest in, in investing, when someone starts throwing out around the word guarantee or they start throwing out like, oh, I could turn this hundred dollars into thirty four, like just ridiculous rates of return. My, my spidey sense goes up because I'm an investor. I know. And it, also when they start uh, using the words like. um. Like, like not guarantee, but they use the word, this easing term where, oh, you know, it's pretty much a guarantee. Like, oh, it's pretty much going to happen. Like they can tell the future. And another thing, if these guys are making that, and, and I told my client this too, if they're making this much in returns on their money, why are, are not, why, why everyone is a flood into this? Why aren't the big boys involved in this? If the money is that easy, right? And these hedge fund managers, these people that are on Wall Street, they're all about making money. If the money, uh, see, look, J. Wada, why are you telling me the score? I don't want you to tell me to see. Look, J. Wada, I'm gonna put you in timeout for that. See, he, see, I'm gonna put J. Wada in timeout for telling me the damn Lakers game. Daddy is gonna spank J. Wada on the ass with a timeout. Put him in timeout for 300 seconds, just like I did Emil. Shoot, Emil's probably gone. I don't know where he went. <laughs> Emil, are you still here? <laughs> Emil got put on timeout. He was like, he's like, to hell with this, man. But this is just what I want to tell you, man. Just, when things look too good to be true or just don't make sense, like if you don't fully understand something when it comes to investing, the best thing to probably do is just sit back and do research. Don't just jump in. It's easy for someone to just blind you with lifestyle. That's one thing. If you look at my channel, I'm not blinding you guys with lifestyle. I'm not come. I'm not pulling up in the nicest cars. I'm not wearing the nicest clothes. I'm not flashing jewelry and you know all this other like silly stuff. When people fall victim to this, these are people that are very self-centered people that are narrow-minded and people that are very shallow that get attracted by ooh a nice watch or ooh this dude just flashed 30 grand or ooh this dude has this nice car or he has this nice house or he's partying here he's with that person that stuff is insignificant you need to be teaching someone how to fish i just don't want the fish handed to me so these people are are getting people on board based off of lifestyle only they're not getting uh, people in based off of results and research and hard work that th these are things you really need to be careful with. So if you see someone on Instagram, I, I think we, yeah, we did this in, uh, during the podcast a while ago where I had this girl DM me and she was talking about how she's a binary options trader. And she was like, Hey, I can turn a hundred dollars into a thousand. Just cash out me the money. 
and I showed you guys the DMs in that in that uh, podcast. It was hilarious. Oh my goodness, hilarious. But very very funny. Um, <laughs> it was very funny. But just like I say, that's one of those things. Like someone that's desperate again goes back to what I say: money management. Like when you are desperate with money and just like, oh man, like oh, I don't know what to do. You make when you make desperate decisions, you make bad decisions, like really bad decisions. And this is the position that you don't want to be in. You want to be in a position where you can sit back, analyze, calculate, and then fire, squeeze. Well, aim, squeeze, and fire. Okay. Don't be desperate. Please don't. Because you might think it's okay or you might ignore the risk, but later on you can be like, damn, why did I do this? I paid way too much more uh, for this or the interest rate is killing me here or I overstepped my boundaries here or I over leveraged myself there. Be very careful. But I'm going to wrap up and get up out of here because I want to go back or get back. I want to start watching some of this Laker game, you know what I'm saying? And this podcast has gone on uh, quite a bit. I appreciate everyone for watching, tuning in for the podcast. Shout out to Myung Kwok for the $20 super chat, my man. And like I say, Myung Kwok, I think you follow me on Instagram. So, you know, if you have any questions, you know, just DM me or something. You know, we can we can work some stuff out, you know, and talk about it. But I want to – ultimately, look, before I get out of here, I want you guys to get your lives in order. Have all of your affairs in order to where life is just easy, because let's just be honest, life is easy. It's not meant to be hard. It's not meant to be treacherous where you're just like, man, you you feel like, you know, all the walls are just coming in on you from all sides and you feel like you can't breathe and and you're just like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do? It's very simple. Just put a little plan together. It's going to take some time. You know, if you're in a bad situation, you know, maybe you're not in a position where you can turn it around right away. But if you start strategizing, putting the plan together, you can slowly start getting some things out of your life and, you know, work your way towards having a better life. This ultimately, that's what it is. You know, every generation should be better, right? You shouldn't be worse than your parents. You know, you're going backwards at that point. That's horrible, right? So like my kids, right? I wouldn't want my kids to have a, a worse life than I did growing up. I want them to have a better life than I did growing up. And so far they do. They have a better life than I did growing up. You know, the, my kids have gone many different places, you know, been out of the country. I, I, I didn't go out of the country when I was a kid. Shoot, these little punks have, you know, and, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're they have a good life. You know, it's just fun, you know, and the best is yet to come. That's the worst part about it, right? <laughs> and then you're always like, the worst? But, yeah, that's the worst because it's going to get ugly, okay? It's going to get really ugly, okay? The more I do, the more I invest, the more I big the, or the more I build this snowball and I just roll it downhill, I talked I talk to you guys in the video that I made called The Power of Compound Interest. And I even went over The Power of Compound Interest uh, on one of the podcasts, and I I went through all the stuff. Maybe I'll do it, do another one in case some of you guys missed it later. Um, but the power of compound interest is very important because once you start building up a, a, a big enough nest egg, compound interest. Once you get that on your side, oh my goodness, it's like the eighth wonder of the world. Compound interest. I kid you not. But the thing is, to get to the point where compound interest is really pumping for you. You have to build up to that. And if, like I say, if you don't have a, a huge tranche to deploy, it's not going to happen. It's going to take time. But again, discipline, patience, okay? You have to be disciplined. 
okay, and have patience. So, again, appreciate you guys for watching. I'm going to get to watching the Lakers game. I had to put my man uh, J-Dot wide out on timeout for 300 seconds. Him over here trying to tell me the damn Lakers score. How, how dare he tell me the damn Lakers score. Lakers score. Boy, J-Dot, Y-Dot, and uh, also Emil. Boy, shame on y'all. But it's been your man. I do it. I'm signing out. Now holla.